Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Taking this month to look at uh, God's perspective of money, we have uh, intentionally not talking about tithing or giving, which is what most people expect when they hear uh, a message on money at church. I believe in, in all of that. I taught on it a few years ago. Uh, you can pull up uh, the teaching if you'd like. But this is really other issues that have to deal with finances because it's such a major uh, aspect of life. There we go. Today I'm going to be talking about this idea of a poverty spirit. And just out of curiosity, how many people, not counting if you came to first service and heard about it, but, uh, you know, previous to first service, if you were here, uh, have, are familiar with the idea of a poverty spirit? Okay, so less than half, maybe a third of people. Listen, um, it is a very common issue. In fact, I think everyone deals with some aspect of a poverty spirit. And if you're in ministry, if you're in counseling or pastoral ministry, you learn that term because it's such a common issue that so many people deal with. But, uh, you know, if you're not in ministry, if you don't read books on those kind of uh, topics, then you may have never heard of it and you don't know this... um, issue that's actually affecting you and affecting those around you. And so we're going to be talking about the poverty spirit. Um, It's really what it is. The word poverty spirit isn't technically in the Bible. It's, It's the idea, though, is throughout the Bible. And I'm going to be sharing a few places where we see it talked about in the Bible and then basically how to deal with it. So it's it's really a lie that tells us we'll never have enough. Right? It's a lie that you believe, and different things in life can, can cause that lie, but it's a constant lie. You know, I uh, hadn't thought about this before, but even in the Garden of Eden, right, did Adam and Eve lack anything? But the enemy came and said, you know what, you don't quite have enough, do you? There's one thing you don't have, and you can have it if you just reach out and grab this here fruit. So even in a world that was perfect, with two perfect people in perfect relationship with God, the enemy was able to come in with this lie that they didn't have enough. That's the poverty spirit. Okay, um, it's not to be confused with monasticism. And I asked in first service, and no one knew what that word meant. So does anyone know what monasticism means? One, two. Three, four, and a half. <laughs> was it just because you heard first service? No, you knew, you knew what it was. You know, it was I know. I know. <laughs> My wife always has a comment or two. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Monasticism is just the, the, uh, simply the practice of, of uh, living a monastic, a monastery life. Um, um, life as a monk. Okay, and so, uh, and that's actually a, um, a wonderful thing if, you're, if you are called to that. Um, it's not something that most people are called to, <laughs> you know, to live in poverty, to renounce all earthly goods. And so there was a season in Christianity when there was such an obsession with wealth and things that a whole movement of, 
of people renounced earthly possessions in order to seek after God. And some people will do it for a season of time, maybe a year out of their life. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not what we're talking about. But if you're from a Catholic background, you may have come across um, a spirit of poverty or poverty spirit talked about in a positive way. And so that is embracing intentional poverty for the purpose of seeking God. And that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the deception that the enemy uses of that good practice to make you feel like you never have enough, like the enemy did with Adam and Eve, causing them to enter into sin. And so it's, it's this idea of feeling I can never get ahead, um, a constant struggle in life, whether it's in the area of finances or other areas, a fear. Sometimes it's just a fear of lacking, uh, that you're going you're gonna to run out, you're going to uh, not have enough of this or that, or there's a constant underlying, kind of like a low-grade fever in your spirit of fear of, of, of not having enough or not having what it takes. This is what it, it reveal, uh, it's revealed as in a lot of people that they just don't think that they're good enough um, and so this can be in a non-material way, a poverty spirit shows itself that they're never going to have enough love in life, they're never going to be successful, they don't have enough skills, uh, and so this underlying lie that you're not good enough or you don't have what it takes <clears throat> is all a manifestation of a, of a poverty spirit. Um, focusing on what you don't have rather than seeing what you do have. And this is kind of a take on what Bill Johnson speaks on frequently in the teaching out of Bethel is this idea that you're constantly looking at what you don't have or, uh, or seeing the lack. And, you know, if you focus on what's missing, you don't see, you don't benefit from all that you do have. And, and that is a, a symptom of having a poverty spirit. So applies to emotions, I already said that, applies to money, uh, applies to um, uh, spiritual uh, provision, I don't have enough faith, uh, it applies to relationships, I'm never going to have a fulfilling marriage, I'm never going to have this, never going to have that, uh, can apply to sickness, I'm always going to be sick, uh, never have enough strength, and so if you, you hear those thoughts repeating in your mind or underneath, sometimes they're Sometimes we, we, we behave well enough to not actually say the words, but they're constant nagging. That's an accusation. That's a lie. And so there's two things just to understand here, <clears throat> not to get too uh, uh, weird on you, but <laughs> um, as Christians and, and clearly throughout the Bible, thank you so much for this basket full of names, <clears throat> uh, Jesus was very clear in dealing with demonic spirits. Okay, and all through the New Testament especially, and they are in the Old Testament as well. Uh, it's not as explicit, but there are different places in the Old Testament where there's demonic spirits. And so these are spiritual entities that bring influence. But even if you think of them just as influence, you know, if you don't understand the idea of an actual embodiment of a spiritual being, you know, the, the, the fallen angels or... Um, you can think of it just as an ungodly, demonic, evil influence. And there are influences in the world, there's influences in life that uh, affect us. And so there's the spiritual aspect of it. And then there's just the lie. It's just a, a thing that you believe that's not true. All right. And so 
the purpose of this message and what I hope to lead us in is breaking free from both the lie and uh, the spirit. <clears throat> so Jesus said something that was kind of interesting. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit in Matthew uh, chapter 5, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in, in Luke, it, it's put this way. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. And so because Jesus said these things, over time, and a lot of people misunderstand to, uh, what he's actually talking about, thinking that poverty in and of itself is a blessing. Listen, let me tell you very clearly, being poor is not blessed, all right? <laughs> all right? Uh, 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 it is not a state of blessing. That is not what Jesus intended to communicate. In fact, that's not at all what he communicates here, all right? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, all right? So what is the kingdom of heaven? Who is the king in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus, okay, God. Kingdom of heaven, God's the king. So what does God own? All right, so he's saying, blessed are the poor, because guess what? You get everything, all right? Blessed are you poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Just like, then he goes on, blessed are you who are hungry. Is Jesus saying, it's really good to be hungry? Oh, look, we have extra. Those aren't from first service, are they? There's that many extra? Wow. <laughs> we've noticed that we've gotten a lot more connection cards. <laughs> so when he says, blessed are you hungry, he's not saying, hey, it's really good to be hungry. Stay hungry. I hope you get hungrier. Right? He doesn't say it's a spiritual ambition to be really, really hungry and go without food. Just like he's not saying... It's good to be poor. He's not saying it's good to be persecuted. He said, blessed are you when you're persecuted. He's saying there is, a, there is persecution, there is poverty, there is hunger, but he's coming to deliver us from that. Okay? See, Jesus' mission statement is to bring justice so that the poor are no longer poor. It's to change the world system. Okay? To bring a new kingdom that's going to change how the economy works, both the spiritual economy, but that will have the effect of actually changing the economic economy, the, the world economy. And we've actually seen it uh, over the course of Christianity has made huge changes in how the economy works. All right? Uh, but ultimately this will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back and restores full justice. And so when he says blessed are the poor, he's not saying poverty is a blessing because that is a contradiction of, to the rest of the Bible. All through the scripture, poverty is either the result of injustice or a curse. All right? And so we, people misunderstand. But the enemy, uh, the enemy comes in and takes his saying, and like he does with all scripture, he just twists it a little bit. So you think, oh, poverty is good, being poor is good, being rich is evil. No, no, no. Trusting in riches is evil. All right? Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. All right? And so it just takes a few little words and twists it and makes you believe a lie instead of the truth. So Jesus came to actually deliver us from poverty. All right? And whether we see that in this lifetime or we see it in the next lifetime, it will be fulfilled for everyone. 
All right, Jesus came to give hope and deliverance. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, so this is Jesus addressing the, his identity and the identity of the enemy, the liar, the devil. He says, the thief comes to steal, to take away, so you have, don't have what you should have, to kill, to destroy life, uh, destroy, to uh, bring destruction to plans and, 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 and stuff in your life. That's the, that's the enemy's job. Jesus came so that we may have life and have it with abundance, okay? Really, enough for all of our needs and enough to give away, all right? That's Jesus' intention, and that's how it's dealt with throughout all. So trusting in riches or uh, uh, the love of money is, is wrong, but money in and of itself and having wealth in and of itself is actually a blessing. And poverty is actually a curse. And the kingdom of God is about breaking free from poverty. The spirit of poverty is some, a lie we believe in a demonic spirit that affects how we think. And we're going to deal with that right now. So I thought it would be good to have a biblical image of this spirit of poverty. And we find one in the book of Proverbs. It says, the leech has two daughters. Give and give. Three things are never satisfied. Four never say enough. Sheol, the barren womb, the land never satisfied with water, and the fire that says uh, that never says enough. And so we have several pictures here <clears throat> of this idea of 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 a poverty spirit. And one is the leech. And I, I really think that this is an image that in, that we find in Scripture that kind of illustrates what I'm talking about, a poverty spirit. And having two daughters give and give. Now that's not like we're giving away money. That's the opposite. Give me, give me, give me. It's constant expression of desire and want. They're constantly want, want, want. And of course, a leech is creepy, right? <laughs> <coughs> um, and so it's the embodiment of this poverty spirit is, is pictured as a leech. And then he goes on to explain this idea by giving several other pictures. Um, one is um, Sheol, which is the grave. You know, graveyards never get full. <laughs> There's always more room for dead bodies. The barren womb, and this is one that's uh, very sensitive to, to those uh, uh, that may be struggling with infertility or those that have loved ones. You know, there's just this, this deep emotional cry that uh, they want to, to, to bear a child and, and some people unfortunately are unable to do that. Um, the land that is never satisfied with water. So this is a reference uh, certainly in, in the... Uh, where this was written in the biblical days, it was many. Uh, it was mostly a desert area, and so parched land after a drought, when it rains, it just soaks up water, and it's like you can never fill it. It'll always soak up more. Or fire that never says enough. You know, you can always throw more into the fire, and it'll continue to consume. Well, those pictures are are, are to explain to us what this leech spirit is like is constantly wanting more, never uh, being satisfied, never having enough. And it refers to this spirit entity, this influence from the enemy, but it also can refer to the person uh, that embraces it or is being affected or being influenced by this lie <coughs> of constantly demanding more, never being satisfied. It's, it's a symptom of poverty spirit. And there's another picture 
uh, that we find a little more common throughout Scripture. And this is an evil eye. And it says this in Proverbs. Don't eat with people who are stingy. Now, in the actual uh, Hebrew, it says, don't eat with someone with an evil eye. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. And so the evil eye in Hebrew culture and language is an expression of someone who's a miser, all right? Stingy. They're always counting the cost. And this is someone that has a poverty spirit, all right? And they, they're, they're, they're constantly thinking about how much it costs. Now, maybe you don't consider yourself stingy, but are you constantly thinking about how much something costs? How much is it going to affect? Can I afford to do that? Well, I'd like to have somebody over, but we really can't afford it. Or I'd like to do this, but you're constantly obsessed with what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? How's it going to affect me? And again, this applies financially, but it can also apply emotionally. Uh, you know, if I can invest in this person, it's going to cost me time and emotion. Uh, what's it going to cost? I don't think I have enough to go around. Eh, I got to draw boundaries. And pretty soon you end up so many boundaries, you're in a bar- barricade. You know? And that's not healthy. Does this make sense? So that's a symptom. Always thinking about what's it going to cost. And, and the Proverbs says, don't even eat with somebody like this. But I'm saying, hey, we actually are all like this sometimes. <laughs> all right? Um, it's the opposite of being generous. Uh, and it leads to being duplicitous, having, uh, 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 being double-minded, saying one thing but meaning another. And so that's where they say, oh, come on over, eat and drink, have fun, you know. But you can tell that they really are not liking it or they're doing it uh, to manipulate or to take advantage of you. All of these things are symptoms of having this poverty spirit. Another place in Scripture, in the Proverbs, it says, a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will will come to him. All right, so this is someone who's constantly seeking more, yet they're never satisfied. And this lack of uh, being content and the desire to, to have more. And so, uh, uh, ultimately, it leads to poverty. Now, one of the things that's important to understand is that it may lead to literal poverty, financial poverty, but it may actually lead to figurative poverty. In other words, sometimes uh, people can be miserly and end up with a lot of money. But they're, 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 they're poor in other ways. All right? Often, though, what we see is this believing this lie actually manifests in that you actually never have money. All right? Because you believe the lie and then you act based on that lie and you're caught in a deception. You can't receive blessings God wants to give you. Now, this is not to say that there isn't practical things that we need to do and Jill's going to tell us all those things next week (laughs) but there are practical things which you can learn how to manage your money well how to make more money how to uh, live a life that is more reasoned but uh, in addition to this there are spiritual influences and there's this lie and so if we don't deal with the spiritual influence and we don't deal with the lies even if you do all the practical stuff you can still live in a state 
uh, of poverty uh, and, and be bound by um, a poverty spirit because it's not really about money. Both rich and poor can have a poverty spirit. It doesn't really have uh, really anything to do with money. Uh, it has to do with a uh, lie. So Jesus actually speaks about this lie quite directly and um, uh, a poverty spirit in Matthew chapter 6. So we're just going to talk through this for a minute. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. So he's, he's starting out this section talking about money, treasures, right? Uh, so what we hold as valuable and desires. And that there's a link between the two. That where, where you keep your treasures, that's, that's, where, your heart, uh, that's where your heart really is. <clears throat> then he says this funny statement a lot of Christians don't understand. Your eye is the lamp that provides light to your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, and again, in the original language, he actually says, but when you have an evil eye, your whole body is filled with darkness. And the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Uh-huh. So a lot of Christians read that and go, what the heck is he talking about? Uh, if the eyes but you know, everybody that Jesus was talking about knew exactly what he was talking about. Because the evil eye is someone who's stingy. Okay? Someone who's a miser. Someone who has a poverty spirit. Someone who feels they never have enough. Someone who, 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 who uh, 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 hoards. All right? And so that was just a common term in Jesus' day. And so he didn't change topic there. He's talking about treasures and desires. And he uses the illustration of the eye. And he says, if your eye is bad... In other words, if you're a miser, if you're always looking just to get more. You know, and that's really easy in our day, isn't it? Because we have that thing called the internet. You watch, that's going to change the world. Have you heard of it, the internet? I'm sorry, sometimes I try to lighten it up with humor. Usually it doesn't work. So, you know, you pull up Amazon and you can see everything, man. And, I, and then you get the wish list. Just last night, I was editing my wish list, <laughs> which is public, by the way. <laughs> so we've, we've perfected the art of covetousness, you know. But what it actually does, it, and, and, and studies have shown it, actually made us un, more unhappy. You know, we just see all the stuff we don't have. When, in fact, my house is like overflowing with junk I don't even use. Right? That's good. Like some stuff has never even used. And so Jesus is talking about the same thing. He says if that if their eye is dark, in other words, if you have a stingy, miserly, constant need, if you, if you see everything from that perspective, man, your whole, your whole life is going to be full of darkness. But if your eye is good, if you see the kingdom, if you see light, it's totally different. And he goes on, he continues the same thought. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Now, the money is not a good translation there. The better translation is possessions. The word is actually mammon, which means worldly goods. You can't serve both. Right? And so the issue of serving, who are you serving? Who are you enslaved to? Possessions, money, or God? Right? And the poverty spirit actually comes and brings us into slavery to things, to, to our need, rather than serving God and realizing we don't have 
to worry about our needs. That's his next statement. Jesus' antidote to being miserly, Jesus' antidote to the poverty spirit is, hey, don't worry. Come on, people that can sing. Who can whistle? I can't whistle. Okay, that's enough whistling. <laughs> so don't worry. Whether you have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more? So this is a major point Jesus is making. Life is more than stuff. But the whole world screams it's all about stuff. Right? But the issue isn't about stuff. It's about how you define life. Look at the bird. He didn't give some example. They don't plant. They don't harvest. Uh, but the Heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable to him than they are? That's another point. Jesus is saying, it's about understanding your value. Your value. You are valuable to God. He takes care of the whole world. He can take care of you. But if you don't believe that, you're believing the lie. You got the same lie that Adam and Eve got suckered into. you. God's not quite good enough. He's not looking out for your best interests. The truth is, he is. You have, to, you have to believe that. You're valuable to him. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? <clears throat> and why worry about clothes? Look at the lilies of the field. They don't work to make their clothing. Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. If God cares so wonderfully, God cares so wonderfully about flowers that are here today and thrown into the oven tomorrow, uh, he will certainly care for you. So we're talking about the antidote to the spirit of poverty is understanding and knowing the character of God and, and how he values you. So why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. What shall we eat? What shall we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Okay, and so this is the idea. This is a spirit of poverty that people that are dominated by the thought uh, of their needs, their lacks, their worry. And Jesus is coming to bring freedom from that. He says, your heavenly Father already knows everything that you need. Right? Seek first the kingdom of God. Above all else, live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. And so what this really is about is relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You know, you can't access this unless you have relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And that simply means you believe that Jesus is who he said he is. Okay, that he came uh, to die on the cross, uh, to, live a, to, to live a life, to communicate truths. More than that, he came, he took on humanity. He's God. He created all things. Jesus Christ existed for eternity, but he took on humanity. One place in the Bible says he put it on like a cloak, like we put on a coat. He put on humanity. So he became fully human so that he could bear the brunt of the punishment for the separation. But because he was sinless and because he was God, he can reconnect humanity with the Heavenly Father by faith. And so we access the blessings of Jesus by believing in Jesus. We say, yes, Jesus, I believe that. And so when you do that, you are disagreeing with the enemy, all right, yeah. and agreeing with God. I, I just was telling someone just, just a few days ago that 
that I compare it to being, that Jesus brings us back to being in the garden, like Adam and Eve. Where, where here is Adam and Eve standing and the enemy saying, take the fruit. And we're, we're back to the place where we can choose. But now the choice is, do we believe that Jesus is my provision and choose Jesus? Or do we believe that we still have the grasp for our own? Does that make sense? All right. So it brings us back that we can have... <clears throat> We can have freedom. We can have the kingdom of God. So living free from the influence of the poverty spirit is simply living kingdom living. It's living a life under the king in right relationship with the king. So the poverty, this leech spirit is a lie we believe and it's also a demonic spirit that is attacking us. If you went to the, went to the park <clears throat> and your kid was swimming um, in a lake and uh, they came out of the water and had a leech on their leg. How many have ever had that happen? Yeah, that's fun, isn't it? <clears throat> so I remember what my parents used to do. <laughs> we don't do that, do we? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, if you don't know what that means, forget it. <laughs> so, you know, a leech, it's interesting, a leech... Uh, is uh, when it attaches, it's almost always painless because they actually they have they secrete juices that numb the skin, and then they they bite in and then they can uh, uh, suck uh, the blood out. And so often you don't even know uh, the the leech is there. You can start. Um, you don't say, "Oh, honey, that's just a part of you now. Live with it." You know, it's okay. We can get some pants on it. No one else will notice. All right. You do whatever you have to do to get that leech removed, don't you? All right? And it's the same way. If you have a lie or if you have that spirit, you need to do what it needs to be done to, to rid yourself of that. Uh, and simply applying the freedom uh, Jesus won for us on the cross. All right? When we come against this, we're applying that freedom. So what I want you to do right now is just think and ask God... To reveal, what's that? Oh, it's not working. Keyboard needs to be on. Uh, <clears throat> there we go. I want you to think for a minute if there's an area in your life where there's a leech. You know? Just just a few days ago, I, I saw a report in the paper that a, a woman found out she had a three-inch leech up her nose. After swimming in a lake. Let that sink in for a minute. Okay, so that is in the natural. Let me tell you, everyone in here has got a spiritual leech. I struggle with this regularly, and I know this. I've known this for years. I'm constantly praying against the spirit of poverty. Because it'll creep up in my thinking. Like I can't afford that. Or I'm not good enough. Or I can't please that person. Or they'll, they'll just, you know what? This is always going to be an area that I'm, I'm not going to be good enough. And those are all symptoms of, a, of that leech. Okay. Think of an area where your eye is dark. Where you, you're not satisfied. And it's not because you don't have 
what you need is because you, you just have given in to a spirit of discontentment. And that's a lie. God can provide. And we're going to pray through this right now. Uh, yeah. So I want you to stand up. And this next um, slide is, is a prayer that you can actually use to break off a lot of things in your life. It's just something that we... Uh, there we go. Uh, we can agree in prayer. And we're going to state some things out loud together. And there's going to be a, a blank spot. And so you can, you can state either out loud or quietly to yourself... Maybe that particular thing that you're feeling uh, in your life that you're lacking. You know, that you're not smart enough. Uh, you're not pretty enough. Uh, whatever it might be. Um, are you ready? You need to pray this out loud, all right? So I nail poverty spirit, leech spirit, want, lack, and worry. And fill in the blank to the cross. I break all agreement. Say it out loud like you mean it. I break all agreement, known or unknown, that I've made with the lies and spirits of poverty, of leech, of want, of lack, of worry. Of fill in the blank. Every other area in your life. Wherever there's need. Wherever there's lack. Alright. I repent. Of joining with these lies and spirits. And I ask you Father. To send the poverty spirit. The leech spirit. The want and lack. Worry and fill in the blank. Away from me, from my children, from my thoughts, from my words, from my home. In Jesus' name, we command it to go. Amen, amen. Not done yet, not done yet. Father, what do you want to give me in place of these lies? Now just wait for a moment and listen to God. Because there may be a picture that comes to your mind. Or there may be a word. Or even a feeling. And that's God communicating. When he takes a lie away, God brings a truth to fill its place. And God wants to speak to you personally. So I'm just going to pray with you. You don't have to repeat these ones. I'll just close in prayer. Father, we thank you for the promises that you give. Our yea and amen. And we have all things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we have learned, like Paul, to be content in all things. Because you are our provider. 
And we just pray for every person here. They would find their provision in you and freedom from poverty of spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.